History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Kathleen here. I am so glad to be back doing this show after not feeling up to it for five whole weeks. I missed you all. Thanks to my husband, Brian, for taking over for me and doing some very good interviews while I was gone. And let us remind our listeners, you can access those interviews, any ones from past shows on any uh, podcast format. Just type in Biblical Citizen or on the KPRZ website. But this brought, excuse me, this Week, Brian and I want to tell you about our firsthand experience with this sickness that's going around. It may have been COVID, which in my case turned into pneumonia, but from which I have now recovered. I want to tell you what I've learned from the whole experience and how to be prepared and what we learned emotionally and spiritually from going through this trial. First, some information you may not be aware of in this politicized medical environment we are now in. We'll talk about that. And then what I may have to say seem, may seem controversial. But I encourage you to do your own research. We always encourage you to do that and be discerning. Ask important questions. Investigate matters for yourself rather than just automatically turn your health over to any authority whether it's the government or even your own doctor. Your health may depend on it. So today, we're going to touch on three main topics. One, prevention and building up of your immune system, really important. Two, COVID testing and should you get tested. And three, potential early treatments such as hydroxychloroquine and zinc, where you can get more information from qualified doctors that may or may not agree with the CDC. First, let's talk about infectious disease in general and some basic principles that may, we all may need to review or else be reminded of, or maybe some people don't know these things. But there are three things that are necessary for someone, anyone, to get an infectious disease, to come down with it and be sick. Number one, there has to be a source of the pathogen. A pathogen is an, in, a disease-causing microorganism. And that usually means an infected host. Two, there has to be a means of transmission. And then there has to be number three, which a lot of people don't talk about, but it's a, you have to have a susceptible recipient host for that pathogen. So now in the press, yes, they talk a lot about the source of infection, you know, being exposed and the means of transmission and and they've made everyone afraid of everyone else because they claim asymptomatic carriers can infect other people and that masks may be, must be worn in order to stop the means of transmission to others. I've noticed they just beat that same drum. They really drill it in over and over. 
Um, you see it a lot in the media. They repeat their slogans ad infinitum, and it seems like they don't want to hear any evidence to the contrary. Yes, because from the beginning of this COVID episode, there have been many doctors, nurses, and other trained personnel that have questioned this narrative using science, reason, and logic. The question of asymptomatic carriers is a case in point. I was always taught, and others like virologist Judy Mikovits have confirmed, that a person must have enough of a viral load in their bodies in order to be infectious to others. That usually means they have symptoms. And the World Health Organization itself announced in June that asymptomatic carriers are unlikely to infect others. But then they contradicted themselves like they have on so many things, like masks. So the second thing necessary for getting an infection is the means of transmission. Now, COVID like other coronaviruses, is highly transmissible, no doubt about it. But the matter of trying to stop the means of transmission by wearing masks is controversial. That's because viruses are extremely small organisms, thousands of times smaller than bacteria, and they only live within host cells. They die very quickly outside a host cell. I don't know, it's been widely circulated on YouTube and elsewhere, the video... A man is standing outside in cold weather, so his breath is visible. He puts on a mask, then he puts on an N95 mask, and when he breathes, you still see all the vapor coming out, all the breath coming out. And then he double masks, he has two masks, and you still, when he breathes just normally, you see all this breath and moisture carried through the mask, almost the same as if he wasn't wearing any mask. Right, the virus is going to go right through it. But, and we were always taught as nurses that you only wear masks when in close contact with an infected patient and that you should change them every 20 minutes so as not to create a germ incubator on your face wherein you rebreathe re- your own germs and your own carbon dioxide. So anyway, I think we're getting tired of the mask controversy, but let's talk about the third element of what's necessary for anyone to acquire an infectious disease. And that is, there must, well, first of all, again, source of the infection. Secondly, a means of transmission. And the third requirement is a susceptible recipient host. What do we mean by susceptible recipient host? It means someone whose immune system is under stress, or it may be compromised or weakened. That's what a susceptible recipient host is, and this is the topic that the advocacy press is not talking much about. If you have a strong immune system and your immunities are up, even though you're exposed to an infected person, most likely you will not acquire that infection. Your immune system will fight it off because it is fighting off pathogens all the time. The pathogen will not be able to take hold in your cells and replicate That's what our God-given immune systems are for, and that's what they do. So to be prepared, we strengthen our God-given immune systems. And even people with chronic illnesses that may lower, have lower immune capabilities can strengthen their immune systems through good nutrition, through vitamins, through proper exercise, through enough sleep, avoidance of being overstressed, and following good principles of mental and spiritual health. I'd say even in the last few weeks, Kath, we've learned something about strengthening our immune systems, haven't we? Well, yes. We're, we're both being more careful about nutrition and vitamins. Uh, it's been found that 
vitamin C and D are extremely important to immune health. And lots of times we don't get enough of those from our food. So we take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day and 5,000 units of vitamin D. And you you may want to check with your doctor to make sure your levels are right of vitamin D. But uh, we also take vitamin and you know multivitamin and min- and minerals with a, with minerals and and then drinking a lot of pure water is really important to keep your fluids going through your body now if you don't know about quercetin let us inform you about it right now quercetin q u e r c e t i n is a nutrient that occurs in a lot of foods but we probably don't get enough of it you can take it as a supplement. It acts in a similar way as hydroxychloroquine that we've heard so much about. It's an ionophore, which means it helps zinc go into your cells to fight infections, you know, including coronaviruses. So you can get it over the counter, which is a real plus. It's not a prescription drug. It is good as a preventative agent for immune health. I first heard about it from Dr. Mercola. He's a great source for supplements, and there are articles about it on his website. So we both take quercetin 500 milligrams twice a day with 30 milligrams of zinc in the morning and 15 milligrams of zinc at night. So do you think you did get sick, right? So do you think your immune system was lowered at that time? Well, yes. I'd been really busy. I'd not been taking my quercetin for about two weeks because I'd run out. I wasn't being careful about vitamin C. But more importantly, as you know, we went to that outdoor event early in January. And it is the middle of winter after all, and I foolishly hadn't dressed warm enough. I got really chilled that night. And yeah, it's because the, you know, government's causing us to have more outdoor events. Why why couldn't we meet inside? But anyway, a few days later I came down with severe fatigue, which developed into fever and chills. I know one thing you didn't do is run out and get a COVID test. Well, no. Once again, do your own research. But these are my reasons for not getting the test. First, I question the reliability of them. The rapid tests have been shown to be at least 40% inaccurate. That's very high percentage. This is according to studies and borne out in the personal experience of people we know. For instance, one RN we know working with COVID patients said, we're working in the dark here because the rapid tests would be contradictory with each other in the same patient, the same day, or else or else contradictory with the PCR tests. And what happened with your brother, Brian? Well, my brother already had COVID the middle of last year, both based on symptoms and the test. But before Christmas, his, his daughter insisted he get tested, so he got tested with a rapid test and it showed that he had COVID. Well, he didn't believe that, so he went the same day and got the PCR test, and when he got the results of that, it was negative. Right. So he, he didn't have symptoms, but it showed he was positive, but then the same day, that it was negative. So the PCR tests are similarly questionable. They detect viral fragments instead of live viruses. Viral fragments do not cause disease. If they're not set on the right cycle, they give a false result. Yeah, so I don't know the point of even using these tests because there are actually some risks to taking the tests, aren't there? Yes, you might get an injury to your olfactory nerve, which is the nerve that by which you uh, smell things and taste things. 
So according to Judy Mikevitz and others, it, you can uh, lose your sense of taste and smell because of that. And so if there was any possibility of that, I did not want to take that risk. Uh, third, I've had no surgery before. I didn't want someone poking around in my nasal passages for an unreliable test result. Fourth, I don't want the government collecting my DNA and doing who knows what with it. And fifth, I don't want the possibility of a contact tracer coming to my home. So we're going to take a break now, just a short break, but we want to continue sharing our experience with you. Be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Welcome back, Biblical Citizens. I've been explaining my reasons why I chose not to get tested for COVID. Uh, and you can review that if you'd like. But what are the symptoms of COVID? Let's talk about that. According to the fact sheet for recipients and caregivers for emergency use of the Pfizer COVID vaccine, these are the symptoms for COVID. Fever or chills, cough, shortness of breath, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, new loss of taste or smell, sore throat, congestion or runny nose, nausea or vomiting, or diarrhea. So, you will notice that these symptoms are very similar to other coronaviruses or even the flu. And not everyone gets all these. Of course, you might only get one or two or several. But if you start having these symptoms, it makes sense that if there were treatments, you would want to treat the virus early before it can take a hold in your system and replicate very much, wouldn't you? Well, as you know, we called, we both have the same primary care doctor, and I called him and he told me there's no effective treatments for early stage COVID, and hydroxychloroquine is not valid, in his words. Well, and yeah, so I say get a second opinion. Not all doctors follow the CDC guidelines, you know, unquestioningly. There are many doctors, such as America's frontline doctors and Dr. Richard Bartlett, and the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons that have had a lot of success with early treatments, but they're not being highlighted. They're being actively suppressed even. But So if there is any chance that there are safe, effective treatments, wouldn't you want to know about it? I believe if I had started on hydroxychloroquine within the first five days of symptoms, uh, then I would have not gotten as sick as I did, and it wouldn't have progressed to pneumonia. And one reason I believe that is because of what happened to you. Yeah, so we were, first couple weeks, we, uh, you didn't go to the doctor. We were, we thought it'd get better, but I was really being careful. We were distancing ourselves as much as possible living in the same house. But one morning I woke up with a pretty bad cough. So of course I thought, well, I'm going to get the same thing Kathleen has. But I, by that time, we'd acquired hydroxychloroquine through one of these telemed appointments. And so I started the hydroxychloroquine with zinc right away. And within one day, the cough was gone. I took the five-day course of therapy, and that was it. Never had any recurrence of anything. So, yes, you took it right away, and it worked. But my problem was that I waited too long. I thought my symptoms would resolve after two weeks, which is what happened with several friends, but they didn't. I got worse. So at that point, 
is when I found out about America's Frontline Doctors and that you can make a telemed appointment and they will prescribe it if it's appropriate and send it out to you from their pharmacy. That is the hydroxychloroquine. Uh, But I still wasn't getting better because it was two weeks into it, longer than that. And so at your urging, we did go to urgent care. I got a chest X-ray, indicated I had pneumonia. That was when I got an antibiotic shot and a prescription for inhalers for my dry cough and shortness of breath. But it was a combination of things that helped my God-given immune system to clear the virus and get me back to health. The hydroxychloroquine and zinc helped the antibiotics and inhalers. I really pushed fluids, though, and drank copious amounts of water, freshly squeezed orange juice, soup, and broth. I took my vitamins, C, D, and my multivite. As soon as I completed the hydroxychloroquine and zinc, I started again on the quercetin and zinc. I thank the Lord for all the tender, loving care that I received during this time, too. Brian, you brought me water and food when I was too weak to get them myself. You brought me warm, warm socks and blankets when I was shivering cold under the covers with fever, and you went out and bought an oximeter to make sure I was getting enough oxygenation, and so many things like that. Well, of course I did, and you would have done the same thing for me. Well, and yes, and I'm so grateful for the tender, loving care and prayers of my dear, dear friends and family. I I got text messages and cards and phone calls, and people were wondering how I was and encouraging me, and several kind souls, including our daughters, brought us homemade soup, you know, and there's nothing so healing as soup when you're sick. It's just a great healer, all the tender, loving care. And believe me, that's as important as anything, the TLC. Well, I was really grateful for the help we received as well. So once again, you can find out more about early treatments from America's Frontline Doctors. First, if you have any symptoms, of course, go to your own doctor and see if they're willing to prescribe or do anything. But if they're not, you may want to check with America's Frontline Doctors and schedule a telemed appointment because early treatment is key within five days of symptoms. So along with hydroxychloroquine, there's ivermectin also that some doctors have had success with. And budesimide, a long-used corticosteroid applied with a nebulizer. Some doctors are using that. You can find out about that on budesimideworks.com. So let's sum up. To prevent COVID and other types of similar types of infections, strengthen your immune system. The COVID test, be aware there are some risks associated. Make your own decision. Do your own research. Know the symptoms and find out ahead of time from your doctor if he would be willing to prescribe early treatments like hydroxychloroquine if you were to get these symptoms. And if not, you can uh, can, uh, go to America's Frontline Doctors. Also, there's another association called the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, and they can give you a guide to home-based COVID treatment. It's a free PDF booklet. So to review, the best ways to treat a viral infection like COVID are early treatments, good nutrition, vitamins, increased fluids, a lot of rest, and a lot of prayer. Yes, that brings up what I want to share, what I, and that is what I learned emotionally and spiritually from this experience. I feel closer to the Lord through this experience. It's, it's often through trials that we grow spiritually. When I was shivering under the covers with fever, my teeth chattering and my whole body shaking, I prayed and prayed for relief. It's very humbling 
to be so weak that climbing the stairs feels like climbing Mount Everest. And we know that every breath that we take depends on the Lord giving it to us. All I wanted to do when I was so weak was recall the Psalms that I've memorized and ponder on the words. And and I kept the words to the song, It Is Well With My Soul By My Bed. I've now memorized all four verses. But another thing the Lord revealed to me was that I must be in tune with his will for me and not intent on my will for myself. You know, January came, I had all these plans and goals for the new year. I had made resolutions. I had ideas for projects. I've wanted to warn the world about vaccines and about threats coming in against the church and to share the gospel in different ways, not to mention necessary projects like spring cleaning the house and cleaning out the garage. But all that was put on hold. The Lord said to me, no, just stir this soup right now. I have this all in my hands. Wow, that was so comforting and humbling. And Yes, I can do all the things to take care of myself, and I can strengthen my immune system. I can get early treatment and so forth. But we as Christians know that God has every one of our moments in his hands, and he will determine our health and our wellness, the time when we live and the time when we die. We trust him. Even in the midst of suffering, we know that he's good, And he is refining us and conforming us to be more like his son through these trials. So I hope you've appreciated this. We've been pretty, we've gotten pretty personal. Kathleen shared some pretty um, even intimate moments, but we thought that was important to do because she's been gone these several weeks. I I only missed, uh, I only missed one week. I had a, when I thought I was at all remotely in potential being contagious, I had a guest host for that one week, as you may recall, Pastor Gary Cass, and I was thankful for that. But when the doctor told me that I was no longer in danger of being contagious, even as an asymptomatic person, I came back and did a couple of shows. But I think they're so much better with you, Kathleen, on here. <laughs> they are. They're oh, well, that's and nice I hate of you to, to say. I hate to admit it, but some people have even told me that. Brian, you did a good job, but we liked it better when Kathleen was there, too. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Oh, you're sweet. But to bless your neighbor this week, please share this information with your loved ones. Be grateful for your God-given immune system. I think that's the element that just isn't being emphasized nearly enough by our public authorities. Take steps to strengthen it. And know, though, that after everything we do, every single one of us is in God's hands. So let's counter fear with faith. Let's seek wisdom, knowledge, and seek to live to serve Christ who loves us. Till next week, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. 
Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise. We are